Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org slash connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you. Let us go before the Lord. Father God, you are the great I am. And Father, we give you praise and thanks for being for being you. And Father, our hearts at times can can struggle as much as we love and know you. We hurt sometimes, and the days can be hard and long. But Father, we come before you, trusting in you, and we want to lay what is upon our hearts before you. Hear the cry of our hearts, whether that is spoken out loud or that's deep within inside of us. Hear our prayers, Lord. Father, we lift up to you Brittany this morning and for her family as they walk through these shadows these next years, weeks. Lord, but may your presence just totally overshadow that. May they feel your peace and your comfort as you walk with them through these dark days. Father, we want to lift up our teens right now as they have spent the weekend together, that you would minister to them this morning in church there in Utah. May their hearts be open. May they hear your word. Provide them with safe travels as they return back home. And Father, we want to lift up to you our teachers and our school admins. Lord, for the things that they have dealt with this last year, for the things that are yet to come. Will you go before them into each and every classroom? May your presence be there. May they be able to speak into the lives of those that are at their feet. May they share love. May they build confidence. May they raise them up to be outstanding citizens. We pray, Lord, that they would in some way be able to minister so that they could come to know you. Sweet Jesus, for you are the great I am. Father, may your word this morning speak to us, open our hearts and our minds. We thank you, Jesus, in your precious name we pray. Amen. So, kiddos, ready for your tails before you head off into children's church? Okay. This was a season for it, so it sounded good to me. How does a cucumber become a pickle? It goes through a jarring experience. (laughs) Thank you for worshiping with us. We love you. Well, it is good this morning to be able to bring you the word of God. 
And we're going to be continuing in John chapter 6, 35. So as you are able, if will you please stand out of the reverence for the reading of the Lord. John chapter 6, start with 35, and we'll jump over to 41 through 51. Hear the word of the Lord. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. 41. The Jewish opposition grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They asked, isn't this Jesus, Joseph's son, whose mother and father we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus responded, don't grumble amongst yourselves. No one can come to me unless they are drawn to me by the Father who sent me. And I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has listened to the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. I assure you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that whoever eats from it will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You can have a seat. Oh, have you guys ever looked for something and searched high and low for it to only find that it was right in front of you? Okay, how about this one? This is a true story. I'm not going to mention who, but somebody close to me. All right. Um, or something, someone asks you, please, may I have the salt? And as you get up, you walk into the other room and you say, I don't know where it is. And after looking around a few minutes, you call out, I can't find the salt. Then this someone leans across the table, takes the salt right off the table in front of where you were sitting, and says, look, it's right here in front of you. If it was a snake, it would have bitten you. You've heard that? I'm sure we are not the only one in the family who that has happened, though, so... Did you know there is an actual name for this? And no, it's not just old age, okay? It, it's much more. It actually has a name. It happens to anybody at any age, and it's called scotoma. And it's a mental blind spot. And we often build our own scotomas, and I didn't like that when I had read that because the possible fact that if I don't know if I have it, it has a name now, and um, or I don't have any more excuses to be able to use. So I don't know if I like the name Skatoma or Blind Spot. But they say seeing is believing. But in a lot of cases, it's actually the believing that enables the seeing. And that's why, according to Robbins, um, there's, there's actually a, a science behind it, and it's based off of the book, the New Science of Personal Achievement, and that's by Tony Robbins. And he talks about these and how sometimes they can be things right in front of us and we 
just don't see it. So according to him, trusted rapport or giving somebody the benefit of the doubt or stepping into their shoes or looking at it from their perspective can help get over communication friction. And I think it also adds a reason to not continue to complain. It was not there or how did it get there? Here's the one I like the most. Well, I know I didn't put it there. It's not where I put it. <laughs> I wonder if today's people of interest that we have read about in this particular passage had that blind spot. This discussion between Jesus and the crowds about bread, which comes from heaven, continues today. And yes, we are talking about bread once again, and I know a diet of bread here, especially if you're hungry, could become rather tiresome unless we take the look to give attention to the movement of John chapter 6. We start back where we left off last week with Pastor Val in verse 35, claiming that Jesus himself is the bread of life. And today we take a look at that text as an explanation of that claim, this bread of wonder, wonder bread. You guys remember that bread? Jesus was the gift from God that had been promised for the life of the world. And here Jesus is present, the center of faith to which the Father, God, draws people near as the bread of life. To see God's divine grace that came down to meet us. Divine grace, not understood, but accepted. The large crowds proved there was a draw. There was an interest in whom this Jesus was. Now we go down from the very large crowd that was up on the hill where he fed them. Granted, some of them probably got their fill and decided that was all they needed, and they left. And now we're coming down to a smaller grouping of Jews. Those who are left from the large group that have chosen to stick around a bit longer. These are folks familiar with Jesus, whom some have grown up alongside, knowing his father Joseph and mother Mary. They perhaps have gone to school together, played kickball with one another, learned from the same Torah. Their backgrounds are very similar. And yet, they are curious. They're intrigued, protective a little bit about their own history, right? They hear and see this Jesus drawing so many to come and listen to his words. There's something so familiar yet, calming and reassuring about what he says but yet so different that they can't see what is right in front of them. The very words alone, I am the bread that came down from heaven, immediately catches their attention as they begin to grumble and complain. Isn't this Jesus, Joseph's son, who we know? How can he say he came from heaven? A few things stand out about their grumbling and complaining here. They had the blind spots on for sure. But do you notice the one thing these devoted Jews did not do? They were taken up with their own private conversation. They did not seek God's counsel. They did not turn to pray or search for what God might have had to say to them about this man. But they had no issue talking about him, comparing notes. Did you hear him say, I heard this. Who does he think he is? 
There's no issue sharing and complaining to everyone else, right? Sometimes we are so eager to push our thoughts towards others before we seek God's first. Sometimes we just know we are right because that is either what we have been taught or that is all that we know. And this is all we choose to see. No changing it. No need seeking others or our God for answers. It's straightforward. Grumbling and complaining is nothing new back then or now. We see back in chapter 16 um, of Exodus, verse 16 of chapter 2, excuse me, and this is how their grumbling went, okay? It was this whole community of Israelites complaining against Moses and Aaron. Oh, how we wish that the Lord had just put us to death while we were still in the land of Egypt. There we could sit by the post cooking meat and eat our fill of bread. Instead, you brought us out into the desert to starve. Or Jonah, that we have heard this summer. Not only did he complain and run away, he didn't want to see anything go beyond what he wanted to see happen. Perhaps there was some jealousy and some other emotions in there. He didn't want his God to be somebody else's God. Those people, God, really, you don't want to deal with them. Sometimes it is hard to get around what we have come accustomed to. It has been spoken about and shared for so long that it becomes integrated into our thinking. It's all that we know. We don't condition and train our minds to see the possibility to something new and perhaps something different from what we thought it should be. We see this in the Old Testament going to the desert, a plain, barren, dry land set on a promise. What they encountered, they couldn't see past. They couldn't see the vision that God had laid before them, and they never made it to the other side. There's a quote by Lyndon Johnson that goes, if you're not listening, you're not learning. And I'm sure a lot of teachers um, refer to that quote quite a bit. I think most of us know that there are different types of listening. There's listening of criticism, listening of resentment, listening of indifference, Listening, because for those who are listening, you can't get a word in otherwise. The only real listening is when we listen and learn. We seek God and what we've heard, and we learn from it. Be open to possibly being wrong. Let me repeat that one. <laughs> Be open to possibly being wrong. Be open to seeing things through different eyes and perceptions. I can't help but wonder if perhaps a few of these Jews were feeling a bit torn, hearing these words and having their expectations deflated. Had Jesus been wearing colors of a king surrounded by guards and horsemen, perhaps maybe the perspective would have been different. It was what they had envisioned after all, their expectations. Now, expectations are not a bad thing. I expect my kids to respect and obey the law. I expected my kids to be kind to others. But when our expectations discolor the truth, the self-assured knowledge may just stand in our way of seeing the truth. 
We tend to get lost in only what we think we know and see without viewing things from a different view. We do this with the homeless and the poor, thinking they were not good with their resources, therefore that's their consequences. We don't see that that man lost his job at the factory and it was closed down and he was unable to pay his house mortgage. So he is out on the street, but he wakes up every morning putting on a suit and carrying his case and going door to door to find work. We do this about ourselves, not being all we think we could be based off of someone else's opinion or statement. We do this when information is given to us and we find ourselves extremely guarded without looking at it from all sides. We do this in faith-based circles, right? We're better than that church. Not seeing of the people that they're reaching that perhaps we don't. Human nature showing itself in its true colors. Not only did the Jews question Jesus coming from heaven, they resisted the wording of being drawn to God. No one can come to me unless they are drawn to me by the Father who sent me. Now, the word drawn in Hebrew is helkase. Now, I had to look this up because the verb translates, it actually comes from the word draws, so the verb itself, which means move towards. Drawing in this verse does not necessarily guarantee a positive result. In John 21, 6, they intended to helkase the net to draw the net, but it would not move because it was full of fish. As with the Jews who grumble and complain rather than comply, pulling and drawing may produce no positive effect. The thing drawn does not necessarily move. There's a sense of resistance or a blind spot to the word. In the New Study Bible of the book of John, William Barclay says, God can draw men and women, but their resistance can defeat God's pull. Does this word imply anything more than a pull or intention which may or may not produce something? We can feel drawn to various things, eat something not good for us, which we do not end up doing, or maybe we do. But Jesus made it clear that he would draw, he would attract all people to himself. Kind of think of a magnet, if you would, that pull, that tension. All would be taught by God, not just a certain group, if they so choose. Not all are going to choose our Savior, but there will be a sense of a compelling draw. His spirit working on the hearts of mankind as in 1 Thessalonians 5.19, don't suppress the Spirit, or Philippians 2.13. God is the one who enables you both to want and to actually live out his good purposes. In the Nazarene world, we call this prevenient grace. Perhaps you have heard of that. If the crowd would change their blind spot here and learn, they might understand more how Jesus could be both the son of Mary and Joseph as well as coming down from heaven. 
the best way to get out of this loop, according to Robin's book of a brain fog, is to ask a question or a different question or to interpret some sort of pattern. Now, Jesus says it for the third time. There's a pattern. <laughs> I assure you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. From the start of the book of John, back in chapter 1, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. From the beginning of time, before all things, when there was only the creative Word who was both and was God. Then in chapter 1, verse 14, the Word of God became flesh. God, the creator of all living things, the creator of man, woman, and child, has made his way into human form. Not just to say he could, but to walk and to talk in person with the very ones he created. The one true living person that throughout generations his people were looking for has become flesh to us. He has now made his dwelling among us, the one who can give sustaining life in a world that sees no hope. We have a choice which requires a response to his invitations that is right in our hands. And that response has been enabled by his grace and the work of the Holy Spirit. Every human experience, everything you've ever said, seen, heard, felt, smelt, or tasted is stored up here in our brains. Now, remember what I said earlier from Robbins was the best way to get out of this brain fog was to ask a question or perhaps a different question, or to interpret the pattern, I want to add, to pray. This group of Jews did nothing of that sort. If we stop and take a new look, perhaps a different look at Jesus, there's something really beautiful about what we see in this humid image of Jesus. This offering is something more personal, something we can choose to get on our own that has been made available. This living bread, as a metaphor, demonstrates all that Jesus can give us. A life that is gentle and tender on the inside, and life is hard on the out. A life that can sustain and fill us through the long and difficult days. A substance that will allow us to not go hungry for the one thing we are looking for. Ask the questions. See a pattern. Take away the blind spot. Jesus says, I am the bread. My flesh is food. What you need is not some new form of an organic pastry. What you need is me. You see, it's his presence that we need. Not his wisdom, not his teachings, not the memories of all the good times we spent together, nice though they are, but his presence. Let me say this again in case you missed it. What we need fundamentally in this life is the presence of Jesus with us. This is what Nicodemus didn't understand when he came to see Jesus. He thought he needed wisdom, insight, and a better understanding of God's law. No, said Jesus. What you need is to be born from above. What you need to have is the spirit of God within you. This is the same thing the woman in John chapter 4 couldn't grasp. She knew she needed water to live, 
But Jesus tells her, no, not physical water that you need, but the presence of the Spirit of God living within you that you need. The living water that wells up to eternal life. This is what the crowd we read about in John 6 didn't understand. The crowd came looking for bread. Jesus tells them, it's not ordinary bread that you need. You need the living bread. You need the presence of the living God in your life. You need to be moved beyond me to we. You need my flesh and blood within you. You need me within you. There's something strikingly contemporary about this religious seeking behavior that we've been reading about in the early chapters of John. Like Nicodemus, like the woman, and like the crowd. I think that most people who turn up to church out of the blue are, are likewise looking for one of two things. They are looking for answers or they're looking for a miracle. We pray for miracles. We pray for wisdom. But we know full well that sometimes the miracles just don't happen. And sometimes things don't make sense. What we can always offer people, though, and what we can always guarantee for people who come genuinely searching is that Christ will give to them what he told us is far more important than either a miracle or an explanation. He will give them his presence if they are fully open to it. No, we can't always guarantee the healing and we can't always guarantee the explanation. But we do know that he will always do that which he has always promised to do, which is that we most need him to do. I will be with you always. He has promised to be with us, his presence with us, his body and his blood within us. As the worship team makes their way forward, I believe if we take away the blind spots, you will see what is right in front of us. N.T. Wright describes John's entire book as this. This glory of God and Jesus made flesh, the word made flesh, calmly unveiling God's glory, the glory of new creation, the glory promised in the previously not quite understood scriptures and inviting belief. The word became flesh and lived among us, and we gazed upon his glory. If we stop still for a moment and hold our breath, we just might glimpse it. Let me pray. Father God, as your word had become a living, breathing life, we give you thanks. May our hearts be open to you and our minds clear away the blind spots we set before us. May we choose the bread of life each and every day and be filled with your everlasting presence. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org connect if you'd like to connect with us and have a great week.